This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Listen, moving on, there's been a lot of debate recently about how to acknowledge the past. In particular, how do we acknowledge and recognize the founding fathers of this country? And recognizing the good and the bad and separating the two. Uh, Certainly in the case of Sir Hector Louis Langevin, there has been a great deal of debate given his role in the creation of residential schools. Some months ago here in Calgary, we made the decision that the Langevin Bridge would now be called the Reconciliation Bridge. And just last week, the prime minister announced that the Langevin block in Ottawa would also shed the name Langevin. Now, some see it as erasing our history. I mean, it doesn't erase our history. Certainly that that history should be taught. But it's a question of, is it possible to still honor people like Langevin? I mean, if that's all he did, if he just showed up one day with this idea to create residential schools and then went away, well, it would make no sense to honor him. I don't think people really know much about him at all. Why is all of these, uh, all of these things named after him in the first place? Surely he must have accomplished something. And it raises a bigger question because uh, certainly some of our biggest names from history, from John A. MacDonald all down, there's a darker side to them. Certainly they had views and ideas that would seem really retrograde and out of step in 2017. Does that mean it's impossible to honor what they did in the founding of this country? So that's the debate. Really fascinating piece uh, up at McLean's.ca. And the headline, The Case for Keeping a Langevin Block. And why it's a slippery slope to start erasing these names uh, from these, these things that were designed to honor them. Peter Sean Taylor is editor-at-large at uh, McLean's Magazine. He's the author of this piece and joins us on the line. Peter, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. My pleasure, Rob. Okay, so do you think we're going down then, uh, I mean, a slippery slope, the right word to describe it, do you think? Well, it's almost, I might go a little farther, it's become a bit of a mania, really, that... Um, uh, to, uh, as you said, you know, race um, almost all vestiges of our past and the historical figures that got us here. Even today in the news, there was a, a student's group was demanding that Ryerson University uh, remove Ryerson's name from their university, just leaving it as university, I guess, um, and take down a statue, because uh, he's also somehow implicated in the residential school system, although he had absolutely nothing uh, to do with the running of it or the setting it up, but he once uh, um, offered his opinions on it. Um, so it's become, uh, I just think we've gone overboard. There's all sorts of things we can learn and uh, express from the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, but is... Um, Denuding our past of all our, you know, important historical figures, is that the right way to go about it? I'm, I, I don't think it is. I think the problem for uh, Mr. Langevin is that none of us really know that much about him, and his name has become synonymous with residential schools. Maybe, maybe there's no avoiding it. Maybe we're, we're stuck on this path because otherwise we're left with the optics of naming these things after someone who's only known for one thing, and, and it's not a pleasant thing. Well, the funny thing about all this is that Langevin makes a very poor case as a scapegoat for the residential school system. Um, It was not his... um, He just happened to be the Minister of Public Works at the time that the federal government decided they were going to formalize their, you know, what had been previously a kind of an ad hoc system. I mean, let's be honest, the, the residential school system goes back to about 1842, 
so well before Canada was even a country. Um, and it grew and, you know, accreted and different people were doing different things at different times. Um, the, the fact that it was sort of formalized in 1883 when Langevin happened to be the Minister of Public Works um, has turned him into the, the villain of this piece. But that's, it's really quite unfair because this wasn't his life's work or even... Uh, um, something that he's, he's explicitly known for in history. If you read the, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Dictionary of Canadian Biography, but it's a, sort of the authoritative place to go if you want to uh, find a, you know, what's what about Canadian historical figures. And of course, there's a, uh, you know, what is it, a 10-page uh, document on, on, on Langevin. Never once mentions residential schools. This was not a significant um, accomplishment in his um resume uh he was he, he got his name on a on the the Langevin block because he was a very important federalist figure from Quebec in the pre-confederation era um at a time when reconciliation between English and French was considered a great Canadian virtue so that's why he's there um the fact that we uh discovered now that he had something to do with the residential school system and he must be um erased from history strikes me as completely ignorant um, it's just a sort of an example of looking for someone to punish and finding him um, and then saying, well, he's got to go. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it certainly comes across that way. I don't know that not honoring someone is the same as erasing them from history, right? And I mean, well, there, there's there different now. ways that, that history is memorialized. Sure. He was there now. He, he, he had his name on a federal building for a specific reason. He is a, a significant figure in bringing together French and English Canada in the pre-Confederation and Confederation era. Um, there's lots of flaws. I'm not saying that Langevin was an angel. He took money in the Pacific scandal. Uh, he had lots of, lots of you know, shady uh, political outcomes and uh, elections. You could make a case that, uh, you know, Langevin doesn't meet modern standards. Um, but laying it at the feet of the residential school system um, is completely incorrect. And, and, and if you do read, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission made a big deal of a, a particular speech that Langevin Gain gave in the House of Commons introducing um, the residential school system in the budget. Um, and there's a particular quote where he talks about in, Indian children as savages that you know, people really find offensive today. Fair enough. Um, but he, in general, he was expressing an opinion that was considered elite liberal um, view of his day. Um, uh, after he gave his speech, the liberal leader stood up, Edward Blake, the Justin Trudeau of his day, and said even more outrageous things and complained that the federal government was spending too much money on residential schools, and he wanted to you know, cut the budget significantly. Um, and Langevin actually promised, although uh, the extent he carried through on this is debatable, but it did happen in some cases, that he promised to give every um, indigenous graduate from the residential school system a free farm. Um, so he was not, the intent here was not evil. Um, and, and you could make a strong case that Langevin was um, one of the more liberal um, uh, federal politicians of his day in terms of how we treat, how they were treating um, the indigenous community. Um, mm -hmm. So I just find he's a uh, he, he's not the guy you want to lay the entire residential school system problem, the problems arising from it, at his feet. Um, he's just become a convenient scapegoat. Yeah, but it raises an interesting point because there was a reason why uh, 
something was named after him. And there's a reason sure. why things have been named after other prominent Canadian figures. Mm-hmm. Unless we're going to demonstrate that those positive things were made up, then why not leave things as they are? We're, no one's talking about building something new and naming it after Langevin. If we want to build a new building in Ottawa, well, we can name it after whoever we want to name it after. Sure. Uh, but it doesn't undo the things that, that caused that, that honor to be bestowed in the first place. Yeah, and I, I do think there's a problem. What we've come, maybe it's a, the social media era we live in, um, but it becomes this fixation if you can find one example of something that grates against modern ears. And in Langevin's case, it's this speech he gave in 1883 where he described Native children as savages, and, you know, you have to take them away from their parents to um, fully civilize them. Uh, definitely, we find that notion repulsive today. But it's become this game where all you have to do is find one thing someone said in the past, and you use that as a cudgel to say, you know, we must, any time this person has been honored with a street or a statue or a building or whatever, they said this one thing, they're not around to apologize for it, um, they've got to go. Um, and I think that's just um, um, an ignorant way to, to treat your own history. Um, I mean, all the cases, the article you're referring to, uh, you know, I look at uh, about four different cases mm-hmm. of, of people that have, you know, there's now demands or it's actually happened that their statues be removed or their names be removed. And in all cases, if you actually look at the history of them and who they were, it's much more complicated than saying, here's one nasty thing they said, that all evidence of them has to be removed. Yeah, it's interesting because someone who seemed really liberal and progressive at the time in today's context seems really uh, strange and racist and backward. And I think maybe case in point, and, and you talk about it in your piece, is uh, the name Bigby which yeah. uh, I guess that's the next one in B.C. They're, they're going step-by-step uh, step here, and any reference to, to Sir Begby, uh, I guess that's now up for, for grabs. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I checked, and they have removed the, uh, the statue uh, from the, the B.C. Law Society. That's gone. I mean, you could not find a more liberal, indigenous-friendly judge in the entire colonial history of B.C. than Begby, and now he's declared unfit for modern consumption. So, you know, eventually no one... If this is our standard, uh, if the most liberal man of his day has to be removed uh, because his presence is insulting, then then you'll never find anyone uh, from the past. So every statue has to go. And I mean, let's be clear: um, Pierre Trudeau was an assimilationist. It, it, you know that that's become the uh, you know the residential school system was a way of assimilating indigenous community into the rest of Canadian society. So right. assimilation, we now. You know, Langevin was an assimilationist. He's got to go. Pierre Trudeau, um, up to the 1970s, was an assimilationist. And, you know, his white paper was that the intent there was to um, uh, eliminate uh, Aboriginal status and, and make them all, make everybody one Canadian citizen with no, with, with no Native status. Um, you know, and he said some quite insulting things uh, about the Native community. How long before... You know, Trudeau Sr. is declared unfit for, for public consumption. I mean, you know, where do you stop? Everyone from the past, as you said, will have said something that we find strange or insulting or repulsive. Um, there's just no end to it. Yeah. The past was a different place. Well, yeah, you do wonder where it ends, and I think that's, that's the, the question. Uh, more at mcclains.ca. People can find your piece there. Peter, thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Appreciate it. It was a pleasure. All right, take care. Uh, Peter Sean Taylor, editor at large, McLean's Magazine, McLean's.ca. You can find his piece.
the case for keeping Langevin Block. Say, look, this guy was honored for a reason. And maybe part of the problem is that, that we don't know our history. The only reason now we know who Langevin is is because uh, everybody's talking about him in the context of the residential schools. So we can condemn the legacy of the residential schools as well we should. But I guess the reason this was named after him is not because of that. It's not as though we're honoring him because of the residential schools, that there was more to him. And certainly his role in in speaking on behalf of French Canadians at the time of Confederation and the role he played is why he was honored thusly. 974-TALK is our number, 974-8255. Let me get a quick break in here. We'll come back. I want to get to your calls. Uh, Terry and others, stand by. Uh, We'll back with more right after this. Our number here, 403-974-TALK, 974-8255. Let's go to the phone sometime for your calls here. Terry, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hi there, Terry. Hi. I just listened to your guest speaker, mm-hmm. and in some aspects, I do agree. However, as a First Nations woman, is this. I don't agree with the Native people that put their little teepee on Parliament. Oh, my God. Give me a break. What, what bothered you about that? You think that went too no. far? Pardon me? You, you think that went too far? Yes, I did. Yeah. Because those individuals are not educated enough to understand if you're going to make your statement, don't do that. We're not back in the 70s. Write a letter. Go to your MLA. And that was at Big no-no for the rest of all Indigenous people. They don't represent the people that work very hard, pay taxes, that are educated. Some individuals that are, say, their status. But that doesn't mean you're going to get your education paid for you. No, it's not. And I am so ashamed of them as a First Nations woman, that you do that? What's wrong with you people? You should be grateful that the politicians, media, are, are acknowledging you. And you're going to turn around and act like these little babies? Give me a break. So you optimistic, Terry, that, that we can move forward together? An Aboriginal, non-Aboriginal, that that um, that there's enough that 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 binds us that that we can make some progress. But they do not understand that because they're not educated. The whole point of the matter is this: the past is the past. So what? I break my finger five years ago. I'm going to cry about my finger right now. No, get on with it. Everyone else that is educated within the Native community, we're not going to look at the past. We're going to progress. We're going to look at things like, okay, that happened. Oh, well, are we going to harp on it and make other people feel sorry for us? No, that's wrong. All right. Interesting points, Terry. Thank you so much for calling in. appreciate that. Let's uh, get Jerry in here. Jerry, go ahead. Jerry. Yeah, Gary, I, yeah, go ahead. 
Yeah, well, I think we should figure out what we're going to change Churchill, Manitoba to and anything else with Churchill, because Churchill was a proponent of eugenics. Now, if we want to single out, is eugenics being bad? And if you need, you can explain to your rest of the audience what eugenics is. But he, him and a lot of other people like Roosevelt, etc., mm-hmm. were proponents of it. Now, do you want to take that and say, okay, his whole life should be judged because he was a promoter of eugenics, or do you want to look at the man as a whole? And this whole idea of revisionist history, where we judge the actions of our forefathers on today's standards is absurd because... Each and every one of us eventually is going to be held up for ridicule for something we did, even though it was perfectly legal, perfectly acceptable, perfectly moral at the time. It's just now, you know, like 100 years from now, we're going to be looking like the worst people that ever existed. You can go back at any time in history and look at just about any individual, and you can say, well, they did something wrong according to the standards we have today. But were they a decent, honorable person, according to the times they lived, and what was their overall accomplishment, their overall contribution to humanity, if you want to use that broad a term, not their individual label picadellos. So maybe somebody cheated on his wife, maybe somebody had an affair with the butler. I don't Does it really matter in the broad scheme of things? Anyway, I'll let you go, Rob. Yeah, Gary, thanks for the phone call. Right, and and I think we we need to look at not necessarily the person, but we need to look at the decision that was made to name something after so-and-so. Why was the decision made to name the Langevin block after Mr. Langevin? And if it was decided because, you know, the people thought that residential schools were awesome, then maybe it's it's worth saying, mm, okay, that's maybe we should change that. But if the decision was made because of what he did to represent French Canadians at the time of Confederation, well, is that legitimate? Is, is that true? Is that part of his legacy? Is that what he did? And if the answer is yes, then maybe we leave that alone. If we feel there's another side to his legacy that people need to learn about, there are different ways to do that. I mean, the same goes for the famous five. I guess that, that's more of a, a trendy left-wing cause, but, but certainly there's, there's great emphasis on honoring the famous five and the women who, who finally helped give other Canadian women the right to vote. And it was very important what they did. And they were very, I guess, radical feminists in that context at the time. Uh, but certainly some of them, Nellie McClung in particular, as an example, had some really racist and xenophobic views. Now, does that change the fact that she was part of this case? And a very strong proponent for giving women the right to vote? No, it doesn't change that. So sure, you can honor what they accomplished and what that case accomplished. And, and you can also recognize the, the views they held at the time. So I think that's what needs to be considered. And, and maybe we're losing sight of all of that because there does seem to be now this rush to say, well, what about so-and-so? What about so-and-so? Got to get rid of that name, get rid of that name, et cetera. And it's not as though we're naming new buildings after these people. But let's understand why that decision was made at the time. That, that seems reasonable to me. Anyway, 974-TALK is our number here, 974-8255. We're back after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season 6 of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.